This is the Off Mic Podcast, a radio show about radio life. Here's your host, Drew Dalby. Back for season two of the Off Mic Podcast, but first, thanks to everyone who supported the show, from the 11 awesome guests in season one, to the people who've helped out with the voice work on imaging, Pat Laporte, imaging director for New Cap on the show this week, all the great emails, messages, and tweets, and everyone who's listened on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or wherever you're getting this, you're awesome. For season two, I'm starting out with a voice that's been around for a long time in the Edmonton scene, part of the Paul Brown Show on 100.3 The Bear. Yukon Jack is well-known as a wrestling nerd, and only agreed to do the show if we could use some wrestling jargon. Some of the words you're going to hear, they might not be familiar to you, but I think you're going to get the gist. Here's Yukon Jack off mic. How long have you been in the business? Summer of 99, I started doing, uh, I was at Nate, I just finished my second semester. and That's where you did your training? That's where I did my training, yeah, that's where I took my first bump was uh, at Nate, and then I started out doing street team in summer of 99, uh, which was between my third and fourth semesters. Uh, and then after that, after the summer wound down, I managed to keep my foot in the door and work my way into a promotions coordinator position. And that was, yeah, that was 2000. So I've been there since then, uh, all my time at the bear. So you've never taken bumps anywhere other than in the bear ring. I have, but the way I look at it, cause that was one thing that used to offend me was people, you know, cause everybody, I'm sure everyone you've talked on this thing has their great stories about working small markets and all the stuff that they did. I lived in Grand Prairie for a year, not working radio. Uh, but it, funny enough, I was listening to radio. A lot of it, I was driving a truck for a water company and it was a lot of long hauls. So I listened to a lot of small market radio and listening to that, I'm like, man, I know I'd be better. It was, I was waiting uh, acceptance at, at the Nate program at this time. And I was like, I know I'd be better than these guys. They suck. This is terrible. How can anybody listen to this? But I mean, I was listening to gardening shows. I was listening to farm ag reports, like everything. Cause you're driving six hours. This is before MP3s, you know, the truck had a cassette deck and I was too busy to make mixtapes. Um, so I just listened to it all and it, it almost frustrated me to the point where like, I gotta get, something's gotta happen. Um, so I came back to the city, gave my notice and said, get into school or not, I'm done in September. And that was that, that was my inspiration. Cause, cause so I paid my dues in a small market working a real job. So at least radio jobs were fun. Hauling water by yourself sucked. So anybody uh, who gets on me about that can go live in Grand Prairie and haul 44 pounds of frozen water at a time. Um, and then, I mean, I, I paid my dues here. It's not like I started out doing mornings at the station. I worked for, I don't know, seven, eight years before, before uh, you know, doing everything, before I got a crack at, at mornings or anything that was remotely close to a decent shift. Where did the Yukon Jack gimmick come from? Our main booker at the time. Greg Diamond. Actually, it was before Diamond. We used to all have shitty, outdoorsy, woodsman-type names was the gimmick at the station. And I'm kind of the last of those remaining because I'm the... Well, no, Park Warden. Park Warden was there. He's, he's older than me and been there longer. So it's me and Park. But before that, I mean, it was Sled Dog. It was Cub Carson, uh, Matt Mahler, Kodiak Steve... Uh, the guy who kind of broke that trend was when Todd James came over and started doing middays for us because he was already an established veteran. And if Todd right. came over and we made him Pooh Bear or something stupid, <laughs> right? like it just it wasn't going to fly. So he was Todd James. And then 
Uh, after that was was the end of the diamond era and kind of that old guard and that uh, people just started using, you know, not necessarily their real names, but like radio versions of them. Lachlan Cross as Lachlan Kraus, but he just <laughs> didn't want to sound quite so German, I suppose. So he, he westernized it a bit. Do you think there's any place in 2013 radio for those kind of like no, weird God. gimmicks? No, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm embarrassed, but I always, even if I'm at a function, I 99% out of the time introduce myself by my real name, which is Paul, which is Paul Brown, which is a whole another confusing chapter. <laughs> but I just feel so ridiculous calling, you know, like, and it's not the fact that it's Yukon or Uke or Uke or Yukon Jack or anything stupid. Like, it's just, it's like, that's not my real name. Yeah. It's not what my mom calls me. <laughs> um, so I don't think there's any... Uh, I don't know. The times are changed. The radio isn't the the curtain's been pulled down. Like that's why I got into it. The, like this isn't what I signed up for. Yeah. You know, in '99, back in those days, it was like everyone wrestled under a luchador mask. You didn't know the characters. You knew the names, but you didn't know the lives. You didn't know what they looked like. So it was kind of fun to have a superhero name, like a gimmicky name. Like right. That, right. Now I don't think that shit flies because it's like. Well, your name's Yukon Jack. You're not a big burly woodsman. Like you're, you know, a bald guy in Sherwood Park. So it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, I don't think it flies anymore. I think just it's changed too much. But that was how it was back in the day, right? Back in the day, holy shit. <laughs> Wolfman Jack and you know, like a stupid gimmick names like that. But that's just how it was done. Now your signature move is the big gap. Where do you find the inspiration to come up with five promos a week like that? Honestly, and people ask me this where the the biggest thing the biggest the only thing the only part that i struggle with is finding relatable content right right um that you can put a fresh spin on but as far as spitting out 90 seconds i could do it on anything it's just finding a topic that's going to connect with the audience that people right? give a shit about that they care about and and where that comes from honestly dolby is growing up watching pro wrestling that's a hundred percent i'm convinced of it I got into I got into you know theater and improv as a, as a kid as a student. I got into uh, drama classes. I got into speech and debate, some creative writing courses. But the the innate ability to spit a minute thirty on any topic is from watching pro wrestling since I was six years old. So and, and I mean that that's just it because that that was that's what you did in wrestling that's what you do in wrestling you get in there and you sell to people on why you should spend 30 bucks to watch me so you just argue whether you believe it or not right and that's one of the things that sometimes people find interesting is that 99 percent of the stuff i don't care about like i don't care i don't care about anything that happens outside of my home for the most part because it doesn't affect me i don't let it affect me but uh the ability to to talk about it is from pro wrestling 100 percent now, on the air, as Yukon Jack, your gimmick is kind of a, it's got a stone-cold kind of blue-collar baby face. How close is that to Paul Brown? It's, it's, uh, the similarity are, similarities are I love to bust balls and give a hard time and, and get my balls busted, right? Anyone who knows, it's not fair to, that's when it's bullying, right? And everybody wants to label everything as bullying, but if you give shit and take shit, that's not bullying. That's fun, right? And that's that's what I do. So I, I, I love to get given a hard time. All my buddies are shit talkers like me. All we do is, is give each other a hard time. You're one of them. You see it. Like, it's rare that, you know, 
if you get a sincere compliment, it's that's almost eh, it doesn't sound right. It's <laughs> get out of here with that. Yeah, you would rather have the backhanded, passive aggressive compliment. Like, so it, it's uh, the similarities are the I would say the loud mouth. Um, I'm not nearly as opinionated. I'm much more polite. I'm much. I'm loud. I'm loud. Let's leave it at that. I'm loud. That's and, fine. You know, I get a couple beers in me and I get louder, but I'm I'm still the same guy. I'm, I'm, I'm much happier in real life like I because I don't care. I don't watch hockey I don't worry about the potholes. I don't all the stuff that I pretend to be upset about um, Paul like I I just don't let it bother me in real life, but on the show it's you know the entire program is built on conflict and 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 my role in that is to be the hothead So I, it's definitely amped up and turned up and do you think that your gimmick as the baby face of the show works so well because of what an effective heel Paul Brown is? Paul's a natural heel, um, but he comes by it lazily. Right. You know? uh, that's the one thing I wish. I'd like to say he's a brilliant heel, yeah. but he's not. He's a natural heel. He's <laughs> easy to not. He doesn't work hard at making you hate him. He's easy to hate. Right. And I, I, you know, the, the line we walk with him, the fine line is, you know, the good, a, a great heel you want to pay to watch get beat. Yeah. A shitty heel, X-Pac heat, like we worry about Paul getting X-Pac heat where they just generally don't like you. They yeah. don't want to listen. They don't care so, if there's a comeuppance. They just want you gone. They just don't want to hear you. Yeah. So my role my my relationship with Paul is to kind of say what everyone else is thinking, to 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 play the face to the listener. I let the listen, you know, like when he punts a back sell, I call him on it because they're listening in their car, going, "The guy can't even say the three days grace." You know what I mean? So I, that, that's kind of where I fit into the, the heel and the baby face role. Um, although that being said, whenever I get a chance to go heel, I love it because. Yeah. I, I uh, you know, our target demo, white males, 25, 34, beer drinking, truck driving, oil patch working. They don't like immigrants. They don't like homosexuals. So when I get a chance to say what I say about hot button topics like that, but put it in terms that not only they can relate to, which is what I try to do, but may also take a jab at them and sting them and yeah. you know, make them think about why they think certain things. Um, that's for me that's that's playing my type of heel on the show and that shit i get off more than like that's what i find rewarding well, it's, it's funny because you're not saying heelish things you're not saying bad things when you come out and you talk about immigrants are welcome here homosexuals are not bad people you're saying baby face things to an audience of heels that doesn't want to hear it yes the it's, audience is heels <laughs> and, and and again it, it goes like stampede wrestling right Gamma Singh was uh, was the top heel back then. He was a Sikh from the state of Punjab in India by way of Canada. His faction was Karachi Vice. It's a whole other country. That's Pakistan. But in Alberta, they just know anybody with the turban is a someone from <laughs> short term from someone from Pakistan. So like it's so ridiculous, but it, it works and it gets reaction, and that's you know ultimately what you're looking for is reaction of the listener or the paying customer and in this morality play where does jillian your your third co-host fit in jill's an interesting interesting bird because she's who you should do one of these with her and talk to jill because jill is someone who self-admittedly is awkwardly private you know she's a girl that 
uh, you know, I've worked with for 10 years in the most intimate of settings every day at 5 a.m. in a teeny tiny little studio. And up until recently, I didn't even really know her. Like where, where that would be, you know, you, you said, where does the gimmick start and the, the real person start? That's one that Jill struggled with for a while is she was so scared about what people would think about her. She wouldn't let a lot of people in. So every now and again, you'd get a dose of Jill. Um, now that being said, in the past few years, she is, she is far less dysfunctional than Paul. You know? <laughs> like she's come a long way. She's worked really hard at, at, at her own self. And now I think we have a much better idea of who Jill is and, and where she fits the dynamic on the show. And that isn't, isn't the giggle girl. I think for a while it was, cause I, I think she struggled to find, uh, she, she struggled to voice an opinion, whether she believed it or not. But now, um, She's kind of the girl you want to have a beer with, but hope you get to score with at the end of the night, right? And I think that's kind of, she's like, I'll give her all the respect in the world. She can hang and bang with the boys' locker room like nobody I've ever seen. Like that, that me and Paul and Raimai, well, Raimai's a treat, but me and Paul aren't always. And Jill, she's not always a treat either, but I mean, she, uh, she can hang in any locker room for sure. Now that's another uh, recent addition to your guys' show. Is relatively, yeah. Is is Raimai, who's been uh, sort of he started in the in the behind the scenes, and you guys have really brought him out to the forefront. Where at this point, I mean, he's in the advertising for the show now. He's a regular contributor on the show. He's the fourth member of the show. He's getting a solid push. Um, but it was Paul that really pushed for him because, to be honest, I mean. When I first met Raimai, and I, he knows this, I thought he was an idiot. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, just settle down, you know? Because he's so high-strung, and he, he's a people pleaser, and he's just a really polite, super kid. And, I mean, he was, I think he was drunk when I first met him. <laughs> but I was like, and, and, and people were like, oh, Raimai, Raimai, you're going to, well, they didn't, he's Ryan Meyer. I coined Raimai, by the way. Fair enough. Um, but they were like, oh, Danae's little brother, he's the best, he's the funniest, you're going to love him, you're going to love him. So I automatically kind of resented him, because I'm like, it was Fearless Fred who, who hyped Raimai before I ever met this kid. And everyone else that Fred had vouched for is an idiot, 99% of them. I'm like, Fred, you surround yourself with idiots. So I, I didn't have high hopes for Raimai coming in. But then, you know, you get to know him and you love him. Um, but I always say half-jokingly his... So I, I didn't want him on the show, though, initially, because I didn't want him to mess up the dynamic. And I thought, you know, is he here to babysit Paul? What's he here to do? Blah, blah, blah. But uh, I joke half acidly that he's like when they brought Raven Simone on uh, the Cosby show when Rudy wasn't cute anymore. Yeah. Or they've done it on every show. They they introduced when Leonardo DiCaprio came on Growing Pains. <laughs> Ryan are Leonardo DiCaprio. When Tina Yothers wasn't cute on Family Ties and they brought in Brian Bonsall. He's Brian Bonsall. Um, did they ever do it on Home Improvement? I don't know if they brought in a fourth kid on Home Improvement. No, I think they just shut it down. They brought in point. two more twins on Full House. Remember? Yeah. 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 Um, so, the, uh, but Raimai brings a lot to the show as far as from the producer's role, um, which is stuff that Paul just never would do. You know, interesting beds, interesting drops, interesting audio. He just fills out the sound of the show that way. And he's probably my go-to guy for ideas for writing stuff like uh, Paul too and we, we bounce a lot of ideas I'm the guy who gets it to paper but we bounce around a lot of ideas around that room but Rima is a guy who's got great ideas so he's, he's good and he does a handful of characters which is you know really 
good too. Anytime you can have that in your pocket, it just it, it gives you more voices on the show, 100%. which is always good. Hundred percent. The Hall and Ebbs bit uh, doesn't work without him. He's he comes to that's a bit that we've been doing for a while now that's really resonated, and uh, you know he's responsible for as much of that as I am. So you've had a healthy run as a main event stable for a long time. What keeps you four now so high up on the card? I don't know. Um, I think it's changed over the years because well, maybe that's it. I mean, you could argue this the whole opposite way and say that it hasn't changed over the years. But I'll, for the sake of this conversation, I'll say that we've grown as people. Um, I already covered Jill. Um, Rhyme Eyes, just he, he went through like a late puberty thing where when he started he couldn't grow a beard. Now he's got a beard and he looks like a, he's a little man now. They've seen him grow up right before us. Paul's been married, hit rock bottom, divorced, sobered up. Like he's been through an awful lot. Um, I've I started out at the station as the young single kid on on the air, and that was my gimmick, the young fun party guy. And now that's not my life anymore. Like I've got a family. My little boy just turned one. So, but but I'd like to think that a lot of our listeners have grown that same path with me you know there's guys who really care about their front lawn now and there's guys who you know are worried about you know their kids and the world they're coming up in and i just think that we've we've developed and grown yet we've been able to maintain silly and i think at the listen if you take any of this seriously you're stupid and i don't care if you're offended by that because it's silly what we do is so so silly um you know, if you if something I do upsets you to the point where you have to write an email or even text in something, uh, like that's how stupid is that? Why do you care? <laughs> Why nobody should care? This is entertainment. It's, it's you know sometimes it can be thought provoking. Sometimes it can it can get a lot of wonderful things accomplished just through the medium itself. But don't let it ruin your day. Which again kind of goes back to the beginning of this: is none of it matters. Like who cares? How important is it for you and for your show? to incorporate as much of your guys' shoot lives as you do into the program. That's changed over the years as we've become more comfortable. But the way it works, um, if, if you, when we started out, we did a lot of sports entertainment stuff. Yeah. You know, like we, 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 we hid behind that curtain where which everybody does in radio, and this is all radio knobs listening to this, so it's no, I'm not, you know, pulling down that wall. But we would plant phone calls, we would do characters. We, I, my sister, anytime we needed a bitchy caller, we phone my sister because she sounds bitchy and she's good at it. She's like, hey, here's what we need, here's your key points, hit this, 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 we're on in 30, bam, and she'd go, and she's, she's good at it. So, um, we did a lot more of that, and I think the more comfortable you get with who you're in the ring with, the less you have to rely on the high spots like that. You can, you can, the chemistry develops. And we've had good chemistry from day one. So I would ultimately say that it's probably our chemistry um, as dysfunctional. And that doesn't mean it's good chemistry. You know, the, the chemistry itself can be explosive and combustible. And I think that's, that's kind of why it works still, I, I think. Um, but part of me struggles with that because I'm like, why are we still having success? But you know, that's that's a whole other can of worms is how do you judge success? Is it ratings? No. Um, is it doing good in the community? That's part of it. Is it being a good person? Uh, that's a bigger part of it. So, um, but I, I think, you know, on a base level, it's our, is, is what you do fun to listen to. Is it entertaining? 
And I think what we do is, is entertaining. I mean, I'd listen to it. I might yell at it, but I'd listen to it. Do you think there will become a time after the Paul Brown show where Yukon Jack does his own thing? 100%. 100%. This can't last forever. The fact that it's we've had a 10-year run is insane. That doesn't happen. Like, who else in the market has done that? Terry, Bill, and Steve have had a couple cracks at it to get there. And, I mean, that's... Uh, Gee, I mean, I'm not. I don't really keep up on what's going on around the dial, but I, I, we're a heritage show in the market now. There's not a lot of them. So if you can have a 10 year run, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's all gravy from here on in. I'll fight for that gravy, and I'll, I'll continue to, to try and get it. But I mean, if it ended tomorrow, I'd like to get into talk. I'd like to, at this stage of the game, you know, the rock format is what does me best as far as being able to do my gimmick, my character, my shtick, right? But I think as I get older and develop, um, I'd like to find a home on the talk dial. It's just, I don't really care that much about pro sports to like, I think that's one that you gotta be passionate about to, to really be successful at, and I'm not. Um, let, me, let me tell you this, as someone who made a run at the talk sports thing, mm -hmm. if you don't know every stat off the top of your head, you get eaten alive. Now, that's why I think I could still do it because I'd play the heel. That's uh -huh. what I do. I, I, it's, it's by no mistake that, by no accident that I have a presence on TSN 1260. My yap runs on there um, three or four times a day. Um, and I'm over there popping my head in the studio any chance I can get. And I always play the heel. And I play the, the oh, I'm a nerd because I went to WrestleMania but if the Vikings lose, you're angry at your wife for the rest of the week? Who's the loser? Like, who's the loser? These people that threaten to cancel their season tickets if the Oilers don't start to... Don't threaten, you pussy. Cancel. Speak with your dollars, you ballless chickens. So I, I like to get over and voice that side of stuff that doesn't get said by guys who are also still paying for the season tickets and have six Troy Polamalu jerseys because I live it. I mean, I, I don't live it. It, it is, is where I could, I could bring some balance to it. So I don't know if that works as a one-man show. Maybe you got to balance it with a sports nerd. Um, oh, me and Matthew Alonic, that would be a good combo, wouldn't it? I'd like to do that. Um, you know, he's a straight lace sports nerd and I could play the full heel. But so again, I, I don't know if it fits in with sports, my future, or if it fits in with talk news, because I, I, I'm a bit of a news junkie, but I'm not a political junkie. And I think that's a, a strength that you need to have a passion you need to have. So, um, I don't know. We'll see, I guess I'll roll with it and see what happens when we get fired. Now enough about, you know, you you've been main eventing for a long time okay. in your indie days. Yep. What's the most broke-ass thing you had to do to get by? And I'm not talking about driving the water truck. We've already covered okay. that. Um, I used to steal Wendy's gift certificates from the promotions department and rotate the six or seven different Wendy's in the city drive through so they wouldn't catch on to me. <laughs> so I you really would, thought it out. I had to because I didn't want to get busted. I was stealing. <laughs> so I would steal. They were $5 increments. Oh, that was another good. Uh, but I mean, this is just so I could eat, right? I would, I would, I would steal them, and I would rotate so they wouldn't clue in. Like, why does that guy keep getting these gift certificates? Like, what's the story? And then the other one, when I would do the Saturday night all request bear bash, which was a Saturday night request show, my first on air show. Um, my last, I would give away pizzas all night. Yeah. And my last pizza giveaway, I would call into Pizza Seventy Three at ten to twelve, call it into my own address, and then race home to meet the pizza guy. So I would eat the pizza, um, and then yeah. But it was always it was always food related, like. It, 
Because I think in radio, for the first while, if you can have enough money for a couple beers, you know, at the end of your week, you're happy. Food was second. Your food was a way you could you could cheat and cheat get some foods. Right. That was. I stole from all the foods. <laughs> Funky pickle. It was good. Those are the days. What would you say is the WrestleMania moment of your career? Do you have one yet? Can you narrow it down to just one? Yeah, I think when me and Paul fought in MMA, uh, we were doing Paul versus UConn, which Kenny and Spenny ripped off from us. Uh, they just did it five years before us. Um, and we we piggybacked with a local MMA promotion. And this was, I don't know, five years ago when MMA was real hot. Like, yeah. just breakthrough hot, right? And every fight was a big fight. And in front of 3,000 people at the Shaw Conference Center, we... We, people always want to know, well, was that real? Because I still get asked about it once in a while. We kayfabe the lead up to it to make it sizzle and put right. butts in the seats. Yeah. But we agreed as soon as we touched gloves in the ring, it was on. So it was an interesting. So basically what happened is we fought on an MMA card in front of 3,000 people at the Shaw Conference Center. We fought at a catch weight of 209. So we cut weight to get there. We dieted. Uh, we went for MRIs, full physicals, blood work. It cost us, I think, $1,700 each to wow. become licensed professional fighters. Right. Um, and we fought, and he broke my nose. My right nostril still doesn't work. I don't have a cocaine problem. I don't do drugs. I just, my right nose doesn't work because he broke my nose. Um, that being said, I choked him out at two minutes, nine seconds of round one and was victorious. And I... I don't, that was a that was it's one of those things that you don't even really remember. You're glad you've got it on videotape because it just was. It seemed like it took about thirty seconds from the beginning of the night to the end of it. And I think coming out of it like a good wrestling match storytelling. Paul got the rub for some street cred because he plays the heel so much. But you know he took a beating and he fought hard. He broke my nose and I like everybody thought I was going to murder him. I thought I was going to murder him. He's way tougher than I thought. And so he came out of it looking good. I still got the W. I was humble in victory. Like it was, it was wrestling. So I think that was probably my WrestleMania moment. I would say um, there's been a few others, but that that was that was the biggest thing we've ever done. I think that's just it. I mean, you've done so many different things and from your your rise up and then on the show, and like you said, it's a it's a heritage show now. People full-blown look up to you as uh, uh, an industry figurehead, especially in this area, which I know you're probably terribly uncomfortable with. No, um, yes and no. I mean, I, I uh, you know, anytime someone wants to talk, I'm not, I'm not a radio nerd like I used to be when I first started out. Um, I could honestly, if I, if I had something, if I had a job that I loved, and could allow, allow me the same lifestyle that I have now, which is, you know, my family and my home, um, I, I wouldn't need to do radio. Like, it doesn't define me. So, but that being said, I'm always happy to talk shop and talk radio with people coming up that are trying to get into it. Um, but I, and further to that, I would love nothing more than to be a Mike Sobel, a Bob Layton, uh, a Brian Hall, you know, these guys that, that are almost... Some people would think they're punchlines because they're, you know, local C-listers. You think Brian Hall's got his house paid for? 
think Brian Hall works because he no, he works when he wants to. He chooses to do the hours he does. Mike Sobel loves what he does. I, I'm guessing. I don't know, maybe he doesn't, but these are guys that have made a living not really working, like lifting bottles and driving a truck. So if you can do that and you know marry into a community, this is already my community. I'm married to it regardless of what job I do. So if I can capitalize on that and have a good run like one of those guys, I'd love it. For the Greenhorns in developmental, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, my stock advice is, and, and I sound like I'm blowing that off, like it's not important or not good advice, but my stock answer is look at everything as an opportunity. You know, you did it when you came through that building, which is why you're successful. There, you, you, anyone who, when you go hang banner at a venue, that's not just hanging banner. That's meeting a club owner. You might bump into a promoter. I could I could be dumped in radio tomorrow and probably have another job, um, and it would probably be someone or something connected through radio and what I've done. So if you look at everything as an opportunity to impress someone, not try to impress them, but look at it as an opportunity to do well at what you're doing, um, I think that would be my number one. And, and say yes to everything. That It, it sounds like cliched garbage, Dolby, but it's true, right? Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Sure, I'll try. You know, yes. And, and it goes a long, long way because a lot of people in life just have shitty attitudes and in, in the workforce have shitty attitudes, regardless of industry. The exact same advice I would offer to anyone in any industry would be the same as, as radio. Like, it's not specific to radio. Like, make sure you listen to your headphones and such. Like, just, you know, look at things as an opportunity. Are there any workers out in the Indies that you'd like to see on the main roster? No, you were going to ask me this. I ask everybody this. I know. And I fought hard because, and I sound like, you know, someone who's trying to sound not impressed by you working in radio, but I don't listen to a lot of radio. But that's not true. I do. <laughs> I listen to a ton of radio, but I listen to a lot of talk radio. And I get off on bad radio. Okay. So my favorite thing in the world is an awkward wedding speech. Like, I just love it. It's just <laughs> delicious I love that. so I like a lot of bad radio and I'm not going to name names when it comes to that because that's not nice but um, I've got a handful that I can't stand but I love to listen to locally um, and then just talking about uh, earlier there Matthew Awanek is one that popped into my head when we were talking about him Maddie's brilliant I don't know I don't know where he'll fit in uh, per se because he's good at a lot of different parts of radio uh, the joke around the station is that he'll be everyone's boss one day, and I, I don't think that's too far from the truth. Um, so, yeah, if i got to give you an answer on paper, I'll say Matthew Awanek at TSN 1260, who runs that station. But he's been in it for, I don't know, five, six years now. He's just still really young. Uh, let's wrap up. Where can the marks find more Yukon Jack? Uh, at the Yukon Jack on Twitter. Facebook, I'm, I'm under a lucha hood, so you won't find me on Facebook. <laughs> uh, Alberta Primetime, I do my big yap there um, on uh, CTV2. My big yap runs Saturdays in the Edmonton Sun on page 6. Um, and uh, 100.3 The Bear in Edmonton, also TSN 1260 a little bit. And let's wrap up, uh, intro your theme music. Well, I actually have, as someone who has had professional, two professional fights, undefeated in both, one professional wrestling match, I do have actual theme music and it's suffering overdue by black label society my entrance music hit the music
show online at off mic podcast on twitter or like the show on facebook if there's a guest you'd like to hear on the show email off mic podcast at gmail.com the off mic podcast is a part of the dolby radio network 